real simple. Real simple. This, this is a, a simple verse of Scripture, and it, it, it means means so much to us as a Christian and our responsibilities. I, I, uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder sometimes how many people are failing to witness because of fear, because of doubt, because of wondering what, what, what's it all about. The, these last few weeks have really put our hearts in, in tune with the lost around us. And, and feedback feedback from our small groups is telling me, uh, and, and it's coming from just about all of our small groups, well, well, well what if we mess it up, or, or we just don't know what to do, or we just don't know how to do it. And you're a preacher. It's easy for you to witness. It's, it, it, it's not easy for anybody to witness. I mean, if, if we want to use that kind, of, that kind of instance or terminology, I think the devil will put a bit of nervousness in everybody. Uh, and, and matter of fact, if you wasn't nervous, I would, I would be worried a little bit. Because if you were not nervous, you'd be dependent on more on you than you was on him. And, and I think we need to depend on him with everything. Amen? But I want to read just a few verses. We don't have any, any tear-jerking videos. Thank God. Amen. I, Two weeks in a row, I couldn't take it. Amen. But this is plain, simple. I mean, probably you say, this is too elementary, preacher. Well, if it's too elementary, we, we need to get better at doing it. Amen. We got churches dying all across America. I mean, the American church is dying. It is dying. And, and, and we've got to do what we are supposed to do as Christians. And I believe with all of my heart, if we do our part, he is sure going to do his part. Amen. So let's read real quickly Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. And they came over, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship immediately, how fast? Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And the reason I said that is because I've been reading. How many of y'all know that when you, you have a mountaintop experience and right after that you're going to have a valley experience? I mean, it seems like it's a roller coaster in life. And I was reading and studying through this. They had just come off the sea. Jesus had spoke peace in their storm, calmed everything. And man, it's supposed to be hunkadory now. But immediately when they come off the boat, here they face the devil. What does that mean? Just because you have a victory today don't mean you're not going to face the devil tomorrow. Let's just, let's just know it is what it is. And, and we're, we'll take a vacation when we get to heaven. Amen? Immediately there came a man out of the tombs. With an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not one uh, with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any, no man could tame him. No man uh, made uh, program could fix him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains of tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. This is Jesus speaking back to the, the voice coming out of that man. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, This is not the man, this is the demons in the man. He said, What is thy name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. Now there was nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they were about two thousand were choked in the sea, and they fed. They that fed the swine fled and told it to the city in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done, and when they came to Jesus... 
they see him that was possessed, you know, the one that they couldn't chain down, they, what they couldn't fix, if no man could fix this man's problem. They see him that had the devil sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell them that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed to him that he might be with him. I want to go with Jesus. I want to go with Jesus, he said, and that's noble. I want to be with Jesus right now. I'm tired of cancer, and I'm tired of fighting, and I'm tired of problems, and I'm tired of fears, and I'm tired of all that this world has to offer, but our job is not through yet. He said, I want to go with you, Jesus, but he said, no, 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 no. He said, how be it, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And hath compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish it in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. Now read this with me. And Father, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit in this place. Thank you for the worship that's going on. God, I pray for your spirit to be here and touch us through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We need the kind of... We need the kind of response in Coleman that this man received when he began to publish abroad what God had done for him. The Bible says all men did marvel. They couldn't believe it. They were in shock. Well, wouldn't it be great to have the kind of church and the kind of ministry that's got everybody in Coleman shocked about what God is doing around this place? All, all, everybody around saying, man, have you heard about what's happening at the temple? Have you seen what's happening at the temple? Man, they're parking out in the grass. I've had 10 people tell me that don't even go to this church that just live around here, and I've run into them back and forth, uh, the barber and different people. Uh, man, I tell you, y'all parking all out in the grass. Man, if I'd have known that, I'd have been parking out there even before we had to park out there. <laughs> if it had got that much attention, amen. We'd have had a big spot back there, but we was all up in the grass, Amen. I mean, talking about marveling about what God is doing. And I, I wonder, man, what, 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 how did that take place? This, this was not, he did not go to a, a Bible college. He did not have a theology degree. I mean, he was, not one, he, he was not even one of the disciples that spent three years with Jesus. But yet his ministry was in such a way, it caused all men to marvel about what he was doing and how he did it. Now, I looked at this, and I'm telling you, everybody in this building, do you hear me? I need everybody's undivided attention right here. Everybody in this building can have the type of ministry that that demoniac had. Every one of them. Matter of fact, you've got to jump on him because uh, you're not full of demons. Well, you might not be. Amen. This man had issues. This man had problems that this country, culture, the world could not fix his problem. They tried every program they had. Uh, 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 they had Demons Anonymous come by. Amen. They had, they had everything in the world to try to change him and fix him and control him. But I tell you what, this world cannot control the old nature. This world cannot control sin. It can't do it. The only hope for America, the only hope for sin in life is Jesus Christ. And there's two things that I've seen that God gave me out of this, out of this particular uh, verse that really, uh, really helped me understand the basics of evangelism, the basics of witnessing. If you don't want to use the word evangelism, just say my witness. How, how to be an effective witness. How many of you in this building right now, you want to be effective to those around you that's lost? You want to see them saved through, your, through, through what you do? I sure do. 
I sure do. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with hobbies and things that don't matter. It's going to be over when I die. I want to take somebody to heaven. Do you realize the only thing that you can take to heaven is somebody else? It's the only thing you can take to heaven. Two things that I've seen that caused men to marvel. Two things that I've seen that made his witness effective. And if you'll give me just a few minutes, I'll share them with you uh, this morning. Number one. Number one, if you're taking notes, it's in your, it's in your bulletin. But, but if, you, if you want to take notes, write this down. The first thing that we see in the life of this man that caused his ministry to be so effective, to cause his ministry to be in such a way that people marveled at it. I mean, they were, they were in awe of this man. The first thing was this. Number one, and it's most important, it don't matter about number two if you don't get number one. It does not matter. I don't care how good you are at, at, at fulfilling the second point. If this first point is out of whack, you're wasting your time. Not only are you wasting your time, you're giving Christ a black eye. You're causing damage to the cause of Christ. You're causing damage to preachers who are trying to win people. You're causing damage to people who are trying to go out and people be in the kingdom if you don't get number one right. You're kind of for real about this. I, I'm, I'm very for real about this. The first thing that took place in this man, listen, the first requirement, the first important thought we need to understand that caused his life to be so effective was a changed man. A changed man. If he would have still been in the tombs, they wouldn't have thought anything about what he said. If he had still been in chains... If he'd have still been running around naked, if he'd have still been crying all night long, if he'd have still been in the state he was in before he met Jesus Christ, he would have been ineffective in his witness. They wouldn't have heard anything. Why should they have what he has? Because he's still the same as he was before. Put your seatbelts on. It's going to get a little tight this morning. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Preacher, what are you saying? There's no way in the world that you could run head first, headlong. Listen, wide open into Jesus Christ, into the Nazarene, into the one born in Bethlehem who died on the cross for your sins, the begotten Son of God who has power to change life. There's no way you could run into Him and your life not be the same. It will not ever be the same. It will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You may not quit everything right away. You may not fix everything right away. But honey, I'm telling you, it's going to be different. It will never be the same. Son, I'm telling you what, when I got saved, things begin to take place in my life. Things the way I thought begin to change, the way I acted begin to change. I'm not saying I fixed everything right away. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying it's going to be light and darkness. I'm not saying that. I believe there's some people that have things coming into their salvation life that they still struggle with, that they need extra help with. I believe that. But I'm telling you, there will be a change. A change. The Bible says when these men came... When these men, listen, from the, the, from the town came out, all of a sudden, here, what do they do? They see this man sitting, sitting, clothed. He was used to be running naked in the tombs. He was screaming bloody murder. I mean, he was doing all, and they could not control him. But now, now, he is sitting, clothed, and in his right mind, having a decent conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. How did that take place? The power of God. Power of God. A changed man. When my dad got saved, he had such a reputation, they said, give it three weeks. 
Give it three weeks. It ain't going to stick. Give it three weeks. But what they did not know is he didn't get religion. He got the Redeemer. Religion won't stick. But the, re- <laughs> the Redeemer sticketh closer than a brother. I feel like preaching in the old time way this morning. I'm telling you, I, 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 I feel like I need a hanky. Amen. My dad didn't turn over a new leaf. He didn't get religion. He found a savior. He found the Holy Ghost who moved into his life and took up residence and began to change his life from the inside out. And if you have people that's running around saying they're saved, but their life is not changed, their life is the same as what it used to be, they don't have what I got. They don't have it. And the greatest damage, listen to me closely, the greatest damage being caused to the cause of Christ, the greatest damage that's taken place in getting people to Jesus is people that are claiming Christianity who don't have, listen, they don't have God in their life. They don't act like they have God in their life. They want to come and say something on Sunday, but live something on Monday, and it's causing a black eye on the cause of Christ. I'm praying for certain people right now. This wounded. Listen, their lives are, there's an obstacle because what they see in a witness and I'm giving and somebody else that says they had the same thing are not living that life in front of them. Hello. Gandhi said, Gandhi said, he ain't even a Christian. And he's got more sense than most Christians I know. He ain't even a Christian. He said the greatest hindrance to Christianity is Christians. What made his life so effective? It was different. One moment, he's running, screaming, and, and, and in the tombs, and he, he has a miserable, but the next moment, he is telling people, let me tell you what Jesus done for me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace has saved an old wretch like me. I know I'm not what I ought to be, but hallelujah, I'm not what I used to be, and I'm not what I'm going to be. I am different. I'm a changed man. I don't sing the same. I don't talk the same. I don't walk the same. Something got a hold of me. I like that old time song. Something got a hold of me. Anybody know that one? Anybody? We need to learn that one. The old song we used to sing. And growing up we used to sing. And, and, and we go through the days. On Tuesday, somebody touched me. And anybody who got saved on Tuesday, they'd all stand. And on Wednesday, we sing, it happened on a Wednesday when somebody, everybody got saved on Wednesday, they all stood up. What's the point? What's the point? The first effective principle for evangelism is a changed life. And if you don't have a changed life, I don't care what's coming out of your mouth. Because what you're doing is speaking louder than what you're saying. I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. We could put a muzzle on every one of y'all. Muzzle. Where you couldn't say nothing. And still change this city by what you do. Matter of fact, we need to put some muzzles on some of them. 
I'm making a list right now. Because then they couldn't go live like hell itself and then claim to be a Christian. Well, how could you do that? You've got to open your mouth. No, you can have a cup of coffee in your hand and smile on your face and go to Willie. Where's Jesus at? Where's Jesus at in the community? Me and Brother Travis was listening to, a, to an unbelievable preacher that God's anointed. That God has showed him some things that's going on in America today. He says, I go all over the country. And there's, he said, you say, God's in the church. He said, not most ones I've been in. He said, but there's one place I'm guarantee you he'll be. He said, in the streets. So how do you know? Because that's where he was when he came in bodily form. In the streets. Where's the changed lives? Don't, don't come and try to memorize the Romans road if, you, if, you, if you're not walking like Christ. If you're getting around your friends and you're acting the same way you did before, you're ineffective. It's, it doesn't matter what you say then. Because what you do negates what you say. How can I be different? The power of God. The power of God. But not only, Brother brother Scott, not only the power of God, but the presence. The presence of God. Where'd they find him? Sitting with Jesus. Let me say this. You can be saved. You can be saved and slide. I believe that. But I believe this. The more time you spend with him, the more you're going to act like him. How many of y'all know that when you, when you have certain friends you hang out with, y'all start sounding the same? Even start looking the same. I'm serious. You, you had the same lingo. Shine on, brother. It is what it is. You know, it, it, just, it just happens that way. You hang out with the wrong crowd, you're going to start acting like the wrong crowd. You sure will. When did, Peter, when did Peter deny the Lord? When he hung out by the fire around all the rest of the sinners. If he had stayed with the rest of the disciples where he belonged, he wouldn't have done that. I I find this. When I hang around ignorant people, I begin to act ignorant. Birds of a feather will. And they will fall together too. Well, I don't like that. It is what it is. Shine on. It's true. Let me let me use a golf let me get, use a golf analogy. You may not believe this, but if you're in here and you play golf, you know I'm telling the gospel right here. You will play up to or down to usually who you're playing with all the time. If you want to play better, you need to play with better golfers. If you want to be a hacker, 
Just keep playing with the hackers. It is, I don't, no, I can't explain it. I'm not even going to try to explain it. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, I played enough to know that's the deal. You will play up to or down to whoever you're playing with usually. Now, there are some that's just good no matter what it is, but they're few and far between. But they are, they, they are some of that. But the point is this. Are you showing this world a changed man? Do people around you see the old you or the new you? The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. Are they seeing a changed man? Then the second thing. Then the second thing. Not only do we see a changed man, but then number two. Number two. We see a commanded mission. He understood something. He got it. He got the one thing that most Christians today are not getting. He says, I want to go with you, Jesus. I want to hang out with you. And that was, man, I, I was, that's what I'd have done. That's what I'd have said. If some man come done that for me and, and seen that kind of power, I'd want to go hang out with him too. But let me, let me, let me see if I can, let me see if I can uh, illustrate this. Being with him at that particular moment was like going to church. And Jesus is saying, I didn't change you to hang out at the church. I changed you so you could go home to thy friends and tell them what I've done for you. I was listening to that, and I'm thinking about it heavily, about trying to find that video and just playing it and asking everybody in the church to come watch it. Because I'm, I'm not as smart as that guy, and I can't say it like he said it, but he said it in an unbelievable way. He said, most people in the church think the church is the ultimate destination. They think you get saved to go to church. That the church is the final, that you're a good person if you go to church. But he said the church is like Atlanta Airport. How many of y'all have ever flown into Atlanta? Raise your hand if you've flown into Atlanta. How many of y'all know the rapture is coming through Atlanta? Say amen right there. Everything comes to Atlanta. I don't care. Some of y'all just getting, oh, rapture. Yeah, okay. Sometimes Atlanta shuts completely down. Every plane is on the tarmac. Everything is there. Nobody's going nowhere. It's a stalemate. Is there happy people? No. No. Why? Because that's not the final destination. That is the middle. That is the connection point. That is the place that you go to get wherever you're wanting to go. Nobody wants to stay in Atlanta. Amen? And if people stay in Atlanta, they get mean. They get mad. See them in the airport terminal. They're angry. They're vicious. They will lash out at you because they're not where they're wanting to go. They're not at their final destination. They are hung up in the connection point. And you know why there are so many mean Christians? They're hung up in the connection point. They think this is the final destination. This is all that God wants me to do. I'm saved to go to church. No, church is to recharge you and send you out to Willie and to Leroy and to, listen, your cousin at home and your mom and your dad. This is just a connection point to get you to where God is wanting to send you. And when you hang around the terminal too long, you start getting bitter. You start getting mad. You start getting fussy. And you start arguing. 
You may tell you the churches that argue all the time is the ones that's just centered on themselves. And they couldn't get along. They couldn't get along if you tied them together with a rope. But you let them people that know this is just a connection point. This is just where I get my battery recharged. This is just where I get filled up for this week. This is where I come and get the presence of God and get in his glory for a little while so I can get recharged to go back out there and touch Willie and touch Leroy and Shanika and Joe and Mike and all the rest of them. This is the connection point so we can go tell the world who Jesus is. The task. The task. What is the commanded mission? Don't you see this? Look at, look at A. We see the target. The target that he aims. He says, go. Verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home. Go home. That represents family. Then he says this. To thy friends. Friends and family. Home. Friends and family. The Bible says in John 1, verse 40, Don't be in a hurry. Y'all can leave if you want to, but can you hear it? You might as well hang around a while. Amen. Because we, we umbrella in, but we don't umbrella out. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We want you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. John 1, <laughs> 1, 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him. This is when, when, when these brothers found Jesus. It says, when they followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which has been interpreted the Christ. What happened? He found such good news he said, man, i got to go tell my brother what we've done. And Jesus is saying this. Listen, hanging out with me is cool, and you're going to get to do that for eternity one day. And being in the glory school, being at the church is cool. It's wonderful. This is great. I love doing this. I got excited. I was coming through the parking lot, and I heard them singing that song. I started singing it halfway through. It was funny. I, I walked through here. I walked through here here in practice. And then, and then I come up through the back, uh, the, 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 the far end of the building up there to the upstairs to the office. And have y'all ever been singing because nobody was around? Nobody was around. And you just let her fly. Well, I was doing that coming up them stairs. And I stepped in the hallway. And there was Miss Barry standing like that in the hallway. And I thought, oh, man. And I was letting her fly, buddy. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, just singing away, just having a big time. And, and then and I got quiet and walked past her in the hallway, went in my office. The door opened. Here comes Brother Barry, Brother Doyle, through the door. You know what he was doing? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I mean, having, and, and I said, she's right down the hall, man. <laughs> having a good time. Come in here and feeling God and enjoying the sign team. I love them. I love all of that. Man, that's so awesome. I love coming in here singing and hearing the choir sing them awesome songs. And there is a way. And Man, that's fun. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to do this every day. Man, I just love it. But I can't stay here. Because Willie needs me. Man, Leroy come in the, in the trailer and we was helping him get some paint. All he wanted was a pair of pants. I said, man, my granddad's name Willie. He said, really? And we talk- 
These people need us. Jesus saying, this is wonderful that you want to be with me, but I got work for you to do. And I'll come meet with you. I'll come, I'll come let you feel my glory on Sunday, but please go touch my children through the week. Go minister to the ones that I died for. Go minister to the ones that I created and made and that I love with every fiber of my being. You're my body on earth now. You've got to do what I was doing. Please come back to church and let's shout and have fun together. But don't mistake. Don't mistake. This is the halfway point. This is not the final destination. This is just where we come to get encouraged to keep going out. And loving on Willie. Are y'all with me? We have a target. Let me share something with you. Let me share something with you. How many of y'all got family? Anybody got family in the building? Raise your hand. Some of y'all just were miraculously appeared on the earth. What happened? You got to have family. Amen. Let me say this again. How many of y'all have family? Anybody have family? Watch what this says. A national survey was done. A national survey was done. Six to eight percent walked in on their own initiative. Six percent. They just come, seen the sign, come on their own. Two to three percent liked the program. They liked what they saw advertised, so they came. Eight to ten uh, eight to ten percent liked the pastor. That's very humbling. Three to four percent had a need. Watch this. One to two percent were evangelized. What does that mean? That means cold turkey, go to the door, give them a track, and say, please come to church. One to two percent. Does that mean we ought not do it? No, because we need that one to two percent. We need to keep witnessing to the waitress. We need to keep witnessing to the man behind the counter. We need to keep doing that because that one to two percent counts in Jesus' name. It counts. But, watch this. 70 to 80%, how many? 70 to 80%. Were invited by either family or friend. Why is the church in America dying, folks? It's not because we don't have great evangelism programs. It's not because there's not a great preacher in every pulpit. Brother Buster Seaton told me a long time ago, he said, preachers are a dime a dozen, but real men of God are few and far between. But we can't blame that on the, on the situation. We can't blame the, the, the death of churches in America on that because only 10% is going to come because of him. We can't blame it on the programs. We can't blame it because people just don't, are not looking because people are looking. i tell you what we can blame it on. Christians, us are not targeting the people Jesus told us to target. We are not telling our family, we are not telling our friends and inviting them to God's house. That's why the church in America is dying. Let me share this with you. 83% of persons active in church come by friend or relative. The average church member can identify seven unchurched friends. How many? Seven. Seven. Hold up seven. That's five on one and two on the other. Or four on one, three on the other. However you want to do it. Amen. Five and... Hold up seven. All right, now, check this out. 
You know seven unchurched people. Then that, hold it up, hold it up, don't get tired. The average, the national average survey is this. 80, 80% of those would come if they were asked. So two ain't going to come. Hold the two down, hold your five up. Hold your five up. That's five people that would come to church with you if you asked them. Who's your five? What five have you asked this week to come be with you at church to hear about Jesus? Let me read it. 82% of those non-active would come if invited by a friend. So I asked you, I asked you, why is the church in America dying? Because we're not fulfilling what Jesus commanded us to do. I don't know how to witness to a perfect stranger. You don't. you got five that know you. I could never walk up to Willie. That's why we're doing it. There's folks that can. But you can walk up to your brother. You can walk up to two of your cousins. You can walk up to the two boys you work with. You can, you can walk up to the one you go to school with. See, I told you it was simple, but we're not doing it. Go home. Go tell your family, your friends. Not only do we see the target he aims, but here's it is. And this is what you're saying. I know what you're thinking because I'm psychic. I just don't get paid for it. I'm thinking about a hotline number. Amen. This is what you're thinking. Well, what in God's name am I going to tell them? I knew you was going to ask that. So Jesus told him what to tell him. He told him not only who to go tell, then he told him what to tell. See, he made it simple for everybody. Isn't this cool? What a simple, what a simple task we have. He said, just go tell him. What did he say? Just go tell him what? Just go tell him what great things God's done for you. Just go tell him. That's not hard. He didn't say go memorize the Romans road. The Ephesians bypass. I mean. It. He didn't say go to a 13 week course. Yet we're going to offer them. We're going to do something like that to help people that want that. But what I'm saying this morning is. All that stuff's good. But it doesn't necessarily have to be to make it happen. Right. Well what in the world we got to do? Just tell them what God done for you. What did the woman at the well do? These boys are on a missions trip. The 12 disciples are on a missions trip. They come to a rest area, a well. He stops at the rest area for food. He said, listen, I'm going to rest right here. You go in there and get some food in the town. One trail into town. They pass by a woman. Never said a word to her. She comes to Jesus and gets saved. The verily, verily kind. And the, and the, <laughs> the apprentices to Jesus, the people on the missions trip, they go into the town, don't do anything but get food, and come back and pass her again. Because she's going back into town. The Bible says she left her pot at the well and went into town and told everybody 
what Jesus had done. And this mission trip, they didn't do anything. And they come back. And here this woman comes again, bringing the whole city to Jesus. She didn't, she, didn't, she didn't break down no theological discussion. She just said, let me tell you what God's done for me. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, how many of y'all in here, God's done something for you? So you're without excuse. But I don't, I've not never been filled with demons. That's a matter of opinion. No, I'm just kidding. I, I know what people are thinking now. I know what people are thinking now. Well, I, I, it, mine's not that bad, so it would not be that good of a story. Well, I grew up in church. I grew up in church. And, and I've been in church all my life. I mean, it was like, you know, I got saved, and, and, and I knew as much after I got saved as I did before. But, 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 but the point is this. It, 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 may mean, it may not be that God has, has saved you from stuff. It might be that God has kept you from stuff. Either way, God's been good to you. I don't care if you grew up in church your whole life or you're like Willie. God's been good to you. And you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody that God touched you. You need to tell somebody that God helped you. You need to tell somebody that God has been good to you. I don't have nothing to tell. Well, you either need to get saved or get right. One of those two. And there is a way that that could take place this morning. Church, say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise you. I glorify your name for all that you've done. Lord, I want